G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL Fantasy Podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars, we only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How you going mate? Hollywood Hef, great to be with you. Uh, how was your weekend mate? Yeah. Uh, pretty relaxing. I actually worked on Saturday because... Uh my knee's no good, Hef, so my two-game two football career has come to a, not close just yet, but a temporary pause. You haven't done a, you haven't done another ACL? No, yeah. just like really lots of, uh, my ACL knee is no good basically. Yeah, That's okay. what the, what the uh, verdict is, but then had a hit of golf on Sunday and then watched a heap of footy this weekend, which was That's very amazing. nice. That's amazing. At least you get to watch a heap of footy and actually do some research for the podcast. That's nice. A couple of cracker <laughs> games this weekend. Nice backhanded compliment. But... Uh, <laughs> The uh, I love the Crows game and the uh, the Frio game was a great game too. I enjoyed that. It was a good weekend watching footy and obviously my Bombers absolutely beat up on North Melbourne. Yeah, and my Port Adelaide were just, uh, you know, so good to watch against Collingwood. Uh, it was a great weekend of football for me. How close were you to needing a new TV? Uh, I was at Brew Boys watching on the screen. It was me and like three other guys at the bar <laughs> and uh, just watching it there. Um I was fine. You know, the other other guys there weren't super into footy, but they were tolerating it with me. So, Mm. yeah, it was fine. So, they were having conversation around you, I'm guessing. They were just asking me. Yeah, no, they just asked me questions and stuff and it was a little bit. No, it was fine. It was fine. But anyway, let's get stuck into it. I finally fielded a full team on the weekend case. Uh, Your score probably doesn't reflect (laughs) that though. (laughs) So, I finally fielded a full team. I even had some players on the bench and uh, I think I didn't even crack the 1300 mark. You scored 1280, which is the second lowest score of this season. My lowest score, I reckon, of all time. I reckon if you go through the records. For reference, everyone, most people score around 15 to 1600. I scored 1759 on the weekend, top score, uh, second top score of the round. So, some uh, yeah, so basically half is 500 points worse than me. Yeah, basically. Mm. I, um, We're I, playing each other this week too, I think. What? Yeah. We're playing each other. Are we? I think we played two weeks ago, didn't oh, we? No, Almost playing, beat so with I'm a playing another annoying coach. I had a donut uh, two weeks ago against you and I scored That's 1,600 right. and I had a and donut again last me. week. Yeah. yeah, and then I had 1,500 and then I finally got a full team together and I put up a sub-1,300 score. So, yeah, that's great. Anyways, uh, I can't be mad because I've got a remedy kombucha in my hand ready to go. So, I'm going to crack that. Uh, lovely sound there for listeners. We go on the uh, raspberry lemonade tonight. Um, I've opened a box of that. Case, we need to start drinking this remedy a lot quicker because we've okay. got, I reckon we've got about 12 cases there we haven't got through. I swear we have to give some of this away at Should some we have stage. a remedy party? We should actually. That'd be sweet. <laughs> but yeah, that could, that could work. But uh, well, maybe we should give like, some away for the listeners or something like that. But uh, I don't Let's know. Let's do it. We'll decide what happens. But if you can't wait that long, uh, jump onto the remedy website. Head to remedydrinks.com slash au slash shop and use the coupon KEEPER20 if you want to get your hands on some remedy, that is. Uh, you get 20% off and free shipping. So, yeah. We drink the bottles, but the little cans they have are perfect size. The One of the things that didn't make the um, the... The I guess the cut to the Paddy Dow video mm. was me shotgunning a remedy can. Um, it's quite fizzy. <laughs> it's hard it's to not. Do. It's not a solo that you can slam <laughs> no, down fast. It's, it's, it's not easy. Got some carbonation uh, behind it. I might repost that one this week because that was kind of funny. Uh, yeah, we did the remedy shots You're a as well. Man, yeah, oh, definitely Went drinking remedy. Shotgunning red tins to yeah. remedy <laughs> How times have changed. Uh, anyway, guys, uh, Zambreros, they're looking after mm. the listeners. So sure um, if you're not in our remedy, sorry, if you're not in our Zambrero competition already, you only need to enter once because that's, you know, we, we keep the same list each week. But uh, head to uh, keeperleaguepod.com.au slash Zambrero and, uh, yeah, sign up to the 
sign up to the competition there. Can't get my words out tonight uh, because we're giving away a burrito for t- you and a mate each week mm. if you are successful. So, Kays, do you want to announce this week's winner? Uh, with pleasure. Congratulations, Matthew Crotty from uh, West Beach in South Australia. Now, Kays, I actually know where West Beach is. Yes, and why do you know where West Beach is? Because um, it's in South Australia. It's yes. in Adelaide. But uh, we had a meeting with the Zambreros guys. That yeah. was at Henley Beach, Hef. Oh, was it? You never know your own beaches. You know, you've got the best bottle shop in Adelaide is in West Beach. Oh, yeah, of course. West Beach Cellars. Come I've on, been there man. for a while, though. It's got so much better. I actually thought that was West Beach we were in. That's how bad my no. geography is. <laughs> lucky, you don't, lucky you teach music and not geography. I don't head to that part of the world too often, mate. That's, that's, that's getting into crow's territory there. If, if getting uh, two free burritos isn't good enough, you also get a handwritten note from Hollywood Hef himself, which- uh, uh, I've, been, I've been a bit lazy on the notes lately. Really? I have been doing the hand-addressed envelope. Well, that's still pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's worth saving and, si- and saving. Yeah, you get my handwriting at least. When uh, you're famous. I think the first few people got a note and then uh, I ran out of paper. So. Well, I, had to, I had to mind the notes back. I'll get you some paper for work and you All can right. start writing their notes. No, you can write some notes if you want. You can even take them to the post office if you want to. I could. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose it's my podcast That'll be something too, off my uh, weekly yeah. chore list. That'd be great. Anyways, let's get stuck into the round rewind. All right, Kays, on to the Brisbane Lions versus Richmond game that was played last Friday night at the Gabba. Uh, tell us some players that caught your eye in this game. Uh, well, not surprising, I suppose, but no Richmond players managed to score over 100 on Friday night. Uh, not the greatest fantasy team going around, but uh, a couple of players of note. Uh, Jake Arts, uh, 89 points from him, one of his best ever fantasy scores. Picked up 17 touches, eight marks and two goals. Was playing that high half-forward role uh, and got you involved in a lot of link play uh early on especially and also found the big sticks a couple of times he's actually been pretty solid the last month looking back at his numbers uh, averaging 72 look I, I don't really recommend him that highly purely because I think that 89 is his ceiling like I can't see yeah, him getting enough midfield time or you know kicking a heap of goals that he's really gonna uh, go over that a lot but uh, looking at their um you know at their makeup they've got the crows and the dons before the buyers uh, for the buy, sorry. And then the A graders come back in. So if you are wanting to cash in before, you know, some of the bigger names come in for Richmond, uh, Arts might be one to look at if you are playing deep leagues, only 6% owned there. So, uh, you know, he's playing good for good footy. So uh, Liam Baker, 73 points from him. I thought he was really good for the Tigers. And man, I love that tussle he had with beast mode. Uh, that really got me up and about and the fire and the ability to play some more footy at some stage. But man, 24 touches, six tackles from Baker. But the killer was he gave away five frees against. So that's 15 <laughs> points off the score right there. So it takes a nice 88 down to a 73. Um, you know, we've got Cochin, Prestia, Bolton, Edwards. They're all one to two weeks away. So um, you can probably make a big case for him to stick fat with him uh, pre-buy especially. Um, and I think like if you were playing single season, we do have a few single season listeners uh, to this pod, you can probably make a case to sell him high now, especially while, um, you know, those guys are out because once, you know, they get their full complement of midfielders back, he's probably going to go back to that, um, you know, halfback role, um, not as uh, scoring happy. So, uh, but saying that, if you are a keeper, I'm loving the output and hopefully one day he gets that full-time gig in the midfield. Yeah, 17 CBAs on the weekend, uh, only behind Nankervis, Martin and RCD. So, what's great about Richmond, I guess, is when they do bring in, well, not just Liam Bakes, not that young, well, he's been around for a while now, but 
they try to give players they, they they trust their system and they kind of believe that they can just slot anyone into anywhere and they kind of know their role and know that what they need to do. So more so players like Riley Colley Dawkins, like mm-hmm. a young midfielder, they've just chucked in there and they've just happy for him to just do what he does. Mm-hmm. Liam Baker's a bit different kind of playing a defense, but he's shown potential in the past that he could be a midfielder. So they've kind of just let him have a run in there. And, you know, just keep an eye out for Richmond players that players that might come in and play like just their usual role mm-hmm. or just you know look like they're going to be given an opportunity because they tend to back their players in to do jobs so mm-hmm. yeah and Collie Dawkins had 59 on Friday night and was probably one of their more solid contributors I thought uh, 18 touches 13 of them handballs which does hurt a bit but look he looks a great long-term option uh, only 53% owned so would be a nice stash if you can get him especially uh, longer term He'll have his chances in the next coming weeks, obviously, with those injuries um, mentioned before. But, look, I think uh, long-term he's that good size and has already shown that he can find the ball um, you know, pretty easily uh, early on in his career. I'm pretty sure I had him on a rookie list last year and I put him back in the pool this year. I'm just having a shocker. Another strike. Having a shocker. Another strike to your <laughs> off-season. Uh, lastly for the Tigers, look, Jack Graham and Jack Ross, they are genuinely on notice with me. 59 points and 54 respectively. Just couldn't be more disappointed with some of these Tigers second stringers. Like with the aforementioned outs, you know, you expect these guys to step up, especially someone like Graham who's, you know, won flags and that. But look, no such hope. Graham had 12 Tigers and lucky he laid nine tackles otherwise his score would have been absolutely shit house and Jack Ross had 11 touches and lucky he kicked two goals otherwise he would have been even more shit house now it's just really worrying signs for me especially for Jack Graham like he's getting that opportunity in the midfield uh, as we saw the CBA numbers that you said before so I'm just not sure what's going on there there needs to be something that changes there because um, you know you can People have wasted some good picks on him this year. Sorry, it wasn't Collier Dawkins. It was Coleman Jones. We've got the hyphens mixed up. Coleman Jones. Just had to double check that. No, sorry that I didn't. That you did. Thank God. Yeah, it wasn't. So finally some good news for the Hoofers in 2021. Finally. Uh, Eric Hitwood for the Lions. He had 93. Real solid game from Eric the Eel. Look, when he's taking marks and kicking snags, he scores very, very well. Uh, Had the 13 touches, seven marks and four goals on Friday night. It's just unfortunate he's had a few too many quiet games this year. Um, But looking at that, he is the perfect bench or more so loophole option. And if you are looking ahead, they play Collingwood in round 22. So it could be a nice uh, one to add later on. He's only 28% owned and he's a live wire chance throughout the year to kick a bag. So um, those guys can always be handy, especially when it comes to uh, finals time and your fantasy stuff. Yeah, someone like Hipwood, I don't know. I just get a bit worried that he's going to go cold on the weekend that you've like put him on your field. So just, I reckon loophole option for sure with Hipwood, but uh, he does have the potential to go big every now and then. That's for sure. Big time. Now, this is the guy I've been most excited to talk about all week. Reese beast mode. <laughs> Matheson. <laughs> Gosh, I love this guy. Boy, he was so good. And if I was umpiring, I would give him three votes because he was instrumental in the uh, lines getting up. Look, I just love him. He's just so crazy and he's so good for the theatre of the game. Everyone's bagging him for being, you know, in people's grills. But good on him. Like, take it up to the Tigers. They've been good for too long. You need to, you know, counter punch every now and then. There was a video of him just saying something real weird. I didn't even understand. Like, everyone was post, like, talking about Twitter and I didn't actually understand what he was actually trying to say in it. But even he's in a the, different unit. Even in the, uh, uh, the interview after the game, it's just like, he's just a different cat. But I love him. <laughs> um, look, he had 20 touches, five tackles and kicked a goal. Um, obviously good up in Liam Baker's grill after that, which I loved and provided so much lip. I wish there was fantasy points for lip on the ground. That would be fantastic. But look, his disposal efficiency does let him down at times, but he brings that heat. Um, and every time he plays, it looks like he's playing this for, for his career, which he probably is. But uh, look, 
He's 55% owned, uh, center forward DPP. He's going to have a crack for you each week. So, uh, you know, while someone like Lockie Neal's out, um, I reckon he's just going to keep um, sticking through that midfield. Provides a bit of grunt. So uh, definitely worst options for your um, uh, forward line there, I reckon. Uh, but beast mode's the man. Uh, Devin Robinson, Hef, your boy, 72 points from him. He's probably been flying under the radar a bit this year, I think. Uh, and elite- See, that's just an example of you. Like claiming players as my boys without me actually claiming as my boys. Uh, do you own Devin Robertson? I do. Yes. Uh, elite <laughs> junior scoring. Uh, look, he's starting to put some nice numbers together in his second season. He's only played eight career games, and in those he's had four scores of 70-plus, which is pretty damn good. Uh, had 16 touches and laid six tackles on the weekend. Still playing some pretty lowish time on ground. So 54% owned. He's a centre forward too, but uh, he's a bit of a longer-term safe option than someone like Beast Mode. And I think would be a smart pickup if you are – out of contention this year and need to kind of regenerate your list. Yeah, I'm definitely one of those teams. I'm out of contention and need to regenerate my list. But uh, you need a brand new list. Let's be honest. My team's okay. It's just a, all the you scored twelve eighty man. Oh, it's just players like James Warfel getting me sixties. Brayshaw was out. Coffield just dying this year. I don't know. Uh, yeah, someone like Devin Robertson though. I'm not too stressed. Like I think I think there's coaches out there that would be wanting bigger scores from him right now. No, um, it's his eighth game. Yeah, I know. But just knowing his you know underage fantasy scorers, you see players like uh, I know he's picked twenty, but say players like Bailey Smith or Sam Walsh that kind of come in and mm. start being fantasy guns straight away. You might realize. I think a lot of people are expecting this of Devin Robertson as well. But like I said, he was a second round pick draft pick. Um, with an underage, you know, fantasy pedigree, he still going to be going okay. Will Day is probably a player that like people probably have similar expectations, like taken, you know, later on, a little bit later on. Um, I think well, he was end of first round, that type of thing. But yeah, I, I think you've just got to stick fat with him. I think he's going to be better for just getting a few games under his belt this year and he'll be fine long-term, I think. And lastly, Mitch Robinson, 90 points from him. As I mentioned last week, he's a good one to target for those um, flag hunters of you. He's averaged 89 in the last month of footy. Uh, his role's really solid out on that wing and he looks hungry as ever. So if you need someone you can just bank in uh, for some good points each week, I reckon Robbo's your man. Uh, on to the Carlton Hawthorne game, which is probably one of the worst games of football I've ever seen. Uh, Mate, this is what you get when you don't play footy. You can stay home and watch classics like this each weekend. It was just like... It's great. <laughs> I don't know if anyone hit a target in the whole game. Um, and it was just like the everyone was playing at 36%, uh, you know, rap power. As well, you know, <laughs> but no one cared. Uh, look... Uh, Lockie Fogarty, uh, 79 points from him. He was pretty solid as usual. Uh, only had the 12 touches, but the eight tackles, which is uh, his kind of mantra. Look, it was one of those games with lots of turnovers and pressure, and he does that really well. He looks to be finding some form um, after a lean month or so. Uh, and Hef, look, he's 22. It's his first proper year at the AFL level, and I think he's probably worth persisting with long-term. He looks to have a few more uh, strings to his bow than some of the other Carlton midfielders. Absolutely. He's been a player I've been banging on about for years, and he's finally kind of coming to fruition. So glad I got one right this year. Uh, Mark Murphy, 73 points from him, 18 touches and a goal for the Blues skipper. Look, he's definitely getting to the end of his career, but he had eight touches, one goal and 40 points in the third quarter, really turned back the clock and uh, got Carlton out of a bit of a hole in the end. Look, he is 33. He's got the center forward DPP. He's probably going to hold that next year too. Yep. Um, He could be a target for you flag hunters because he's got that good floor. Like he's never really going to go bananas anymore, you know, big tons, but it's going to be hard for him to 
to not get a 70 each week. So if you just need that, uh, you know, F5, I think he's a, he's a good play for the for the flag hunters. Uh, Tommy De Koning, uh, 70 points from him. He was basically playing key forward all the game, uh, possibly take the heat off a pretty ginger-looking Harry Mackay. But he pinched heat in the ruck um, and it was his first game back for a while. So Mark Pitnett did the bulk of the work there. Look, he looked really good coming off injury. He collected uh, 14 touches, kicked the goal and had 13 hitouts with the chop out. 47% owned, uh, but obviously looks the future for Carlton. And uh, if you are in need for need of a ruckman, especially long term, I think he's a really good option. Yeah, I agree. I think he's definitely going to be the future. I think Pitney is more of the kind of transition stop phase yeah, type. Yeah. yeah. And then Tocani going to be the one who takes over long term. Uh, lastly, for the Blues, Zach Williams had 99 points. Finally put up an okay score playing across the uh, halfback line wing. Look, he's obviously on track, but uh, has been disappointing as hell this season. So apologies for everyone who uh, listened to me going hard on Zach Williams. I think, well, the positive, I think, is that he's been played in a position that he's shown that he can score well in fantasy in the past. Everyone's been talking about this midfield role or like, you know, then he was end, end up playing up forward, mm. chucked on a half back, scored well. I think this is a real positive for him. For fantasy coaches, yeah, it yeah. is big time. Yeah. Uh, the Hawks, Dylan Moore, 88 points from him. I just love the way he goes about it. Always has a crack. Uh, 19 touches, five tackles and a goal. Look, obviously it's tough as a small forward to score consistently in that Hawthorne forward line, but what he does do is he applies great pressure always around the ball and he's just simmering. I think he's uh, on the verge of a couple of big scores later on this season. He's definitely a loophole play uh, purely because of his pressure and tackle numbers. Always seems to kick a goal as well. So 42% owned, could do a lot worse than Dylan Moore as a forward. Uh, Jimmy Cousins, 81 points from him. He spent a lot of time in the midfield, uh, had a heap of CBAs, Look, had 20 touches, um, but 66% of his stats were handballs, which is just unacceptable, James. We do not like that behavior on this podcast, but saying that, he also laid six tackles and he's that in and under kind of player and did end up kind of tagging Walsh after the first half uh, because he was running amok there. Did slow him down, but probably didn't find as much ball as he was in the first half. Averaging 85 this season, uh, does know how to find a Hef, and uh, look, could be one longer term for that Hawthorne midfield too, I think. Yep, I agree. Uh, Ned Reeves had 66 points. He was pretty solid in his debut, I thought. Uh, he's very tall, if you didn't know. The commentators mentioned it probably 63 times. Yep, notice that. Uh, He's actually the tallest player Hawthorne have ever had as well. So that was a fun fact. Well, that was you have, also rammed down our throats. Do you have the exact measurements? I don't. Oh, Tall. I'll Google it while you Okay, can. you can do that. But look, he had 13 touches, four tackles and 21 hitouts. Uh, surprisingly for a Ruckman, he went at 85% uh, disposal efficiency as well. Um, he was really the the big dog in there, which probably doesn't bode well for Jono Segler's future, I don't think. Look, he still looks raw, but he could be the future for Hawthorne. He was, uh, I thought he was pretty good. We've got a stats height on yeah, the tallest man ever. 211 uh, centimetres, which is the same height as Aaron Sanderlands. That's huge. Yeah. It's, it's a big, big boy. Big fella. Uh, and lastly, Ben McAvoy, the skipper, 62 points from him. Uh, look, he played forward uh, a lot of the game and let Reeves do most of the ruck work, which was interesting. Um, and obviously being a member of that Hawthorne forward line is not usually the most fantasy-friendly role. We've seen McAvoy have a pretty good year kind of playing mainly as uh, the number one ruck. But look, just when he thought it was safe to play, Clarko's decided to commit to the rebuild, which kind of screws a lot of coaches with Ben McAvoy. So look, it's going to be a bit of a, a Reeves-McAvoy watch over the next couple of weeks around the bye time, see what happens. But uh, look, if this is what's going forward, I'm, I'm worried for Ben McAvoy owners. I think the one saving grace is you don't name a guy, you captain him and play him and you play him in his best position. Well, I don't know why they didn't do it on the weekend then. They probably could have beaten Carlton. I think they just wanted to give him a run. But they could have beaten Carlton. Carlton were there yeah. for the picking. I guess, I don't know. They were they were playing two rucks, but they weren't to know that. I don't really know why they would have played him, but maybe just to, maybe they just had to reward the form. Yeah. But I think they will likely go back to McAvoy rucking. I'm hoping you, so anyway. 
You'd want to hope so. But I'm, I'm, there's a bit of worry there because Reeves is more than fine, I thought. Yeah. Anyway, uh, onto the Geelong Gold Coast game now. I like to watch most games that I actually report on, but disclaimer, I didn't watch this one. Another because backhanded compliment. <laughs> I didn't watch this one because uh, I didn't. I was actually insinuating that, but uh, you must have a guilty conscience case. Um, Kays and I didn't call. I, I assumed Kays would be playing footy on Saturday. And I didn't know he'd hurt his knee. So uh, I just assumed I'd have free run of the games that I wanted to watch Kays would pick up the rest. But uh, we ended up watching the same game. It's like when you you know, you know don't call ahead to see if you're not wearing the, wearing the same outfit. And you couldn't have picked the worst game for both of us to yeah, watch. Yeah, I know. I just, yeah. Well, I think it was, earlier in the, it was earlier in the day. So that kind of was that better for me. That extra half an hour. Yeah, it was better for me with the, with the little fella. Uh, get the time in the afternoon and then I can watch the night games. But anyway, uh, here's the players that kind of stood out looking at the stats anyway. Uh, Mark Blitzarves. Actually, I will say that I went through and did have a look at a few CBAs and stuff like that with Ko, you can go to the goals and stuff like that. Yeah, so I did a good. few things like that. Um, and Stats Pro helps too. Mike Blitzarves, he had 129 points. Uh, look, Geelong just looked like continuing him in the ruck and he had 34 hitouts against an underdone Zach Smith. So keep rolling with him while he has this ruck role, especially listed as a defender. And to be honest, I can't see it going anytime soon. There's no one really breaking down the door for Geelong in the ruck department. So he'll keep rolling with that, I think. And uh, people who picked him up after a quite a year last year uh, are being rewarded with his back status right now. Uh, Quinton Arkell had 113 points and it was his first big score of the year. So he had 13 CBAs, which isn't out of the ordinary for him, but uh, I guess just the, the quality of the ball he was getting was a little bit better on the weekend. Um, spent, spent a little bit of time up forward, but mainly in the midfield. Uh, 14 kicks and 20 handballs. Uh, with Duncan going out and then Guthrie, I think, was out for a bit of the game as well. There just could be more opportunity in the next week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure about it long term because he has scoring power, but he's just a bit too consistent because he doesn't play a lot of time on ground so that's the issue well he was 69% time on ground yeah uh, that game so that's big points per minute numbers and yes obviously he does fluctuate Always a does bit it. but you know this is the time you got two or you got Dangerfield, Duncan, Guthrie all out probably this week like if it's not time for Narco to pull his finger out and have another big score I don't know when it is that's all well and good but like it's we're, it's a keep league so we're talking when need to look like two or three years time do you think he is an elite fantasy scoring or you know a good fantasy scoring two three years like time Dangerfield's 30 plus yeah. Duncan's 30 that's what I mean like, like you know like yeah. that's the thing with Geelong it's so frustrating is because they just keep topping up yeah. guys They'll Some probably pick up like another really. two, three guys next year. Yeah, keep and that's up. the thing. But, you know, yeah. like once again, opportunity can always, you know, breed success. Who knows? Uh, Lockie Henderson had 105 points and he just continues to be a great streaming option or a loophole option even. Um, he's a key defender, but he takes a lot of marks, has a good kick to handball ratio for a, for a taller fella as well in defence. Uh, Zach Tui had 85 points. Uh, didn't get DPP last week, but I reckon surely, surely it's imminent. Um, he's 85 points. I think he's had four scores above 80 yep. in a row. Is he 2G4P? Well, yeah, I can't believe he didn't get bloody DPP, but yeah. we'll give him too good for pod status. Yeah, at least he'll get that. So he was, he's probably at See home. See Zach. He's probably at home annoyed that he didn't get DPP, yeah, but now he's, he's probably know, a massive fantasy guru. N- now he's listening to this and he's happy again because he's made 2G4P. <laughs> so it's all good. Our pleasure, Zach. Um, will Power had 79 points. He's just a great defender option. Um, has had a few down games here and there, but he just looks like a fantasy type. And I think he's only going to get better over the Agreed. years too. So he just plays the right role and scores pretty well doing so. Now, Brandon, Ellis had 66 points. So since you berated me on Twitter for dropping him, he's gone 73, 67, and then 66. So this is the type of scoring I was actually ex- 
expecting this year and the reason why I put him back. So, I just want to ask, uh, where are the keyboard warriors now that he's had three stinker games in a row? I'm especially looking at this uh, Tim Scrote guy on Twitter who was coming at me hard. He was a bit of a hindsight warrior as well. Uh, but, yeah, he um, he's nowhere to be seen anymore, so I'm not sure what's going on. I'm just waiting for your next play to go shit so I can give you <laughs> shit about someone else. Yeah, no, you mean go good because after <laughs> I've dropped them. Who knows? Uh, let's move on to the Crows versus Melbourne game. What a game. At Adelaide Oval. was a good game. A few contentious calls that we were talking about before we Ugh, hit the record button. But nah, I don't give a shit to be honest. Like, I don't give a shit about umpiring in general as long as there's fantasy scores being scored. I'm happy watching a game well, of football. I care about ways. umpires because it's not that bloody hard. Oh, it is for some. It seems hard. It seems it's bloody not hard. that hard. I think, the, I think the interpretations and shit are just like, and I guess the heat of the moment, they just need... Simpler rules where you don't have to... Um, less have to think grey about. areas. Yeah, less grey areas, basically. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Like, the last week they were talking about get rid of prior, and that makes sense. Like, if you're tackled with the ball, you don't dispose of it and hold the ball. That'll speed the game up, you know? And then Sanford will do the last touch. Last that, touch that way rules. you can't... Last touch rules are no-brainer. Yeah. Like, you know, that last handball out of bounds, they wouldn't. he wouldn't have done that because it would have just given Geelong the free kick. Yeah. And, yeah, who knows? Uh, wait, wait and see. There'll probably be some different opinions out there, but, you know, that will create some... Twitter ruckus for us, so that's fine. Uh, any publicity is good publicity, right, guys? <laughs> sure. Uh, David McKay had 100 points. Now, playing on the wing, but I noticed he was pushing real deep in defence. So, I'm not sure if he was actually playing a halfback role or just kind of getting real deep. So, just monitor that. Um, but, no, he's never really been a great fantasy scorer. He was anyway, actually but, really good on But he did look good, know, yeah. yeah. It was just everywhere. Um, Taylor Walker had 87 points. Um, and, yeah, welcome back to some decent fantasy scoring for Taylor. Uh, kicked three goals, including the match winner. Um, good game, but I think he's just going to continue to be up and down. And Harry Schoenberg had a disappointing 42 points. But uh, He's coming off the back of two adjusted tons. <laughs> adjusted? Why is he going to adjust a ton? <laughs> I made the rules. <laughs> right, fair enough. 70 is just an adjusted ton for Harry Schoenberg and Harry Schoenberg only. Correct. It's like a handicap for him. Anyway, uh, Jake Lever, 86 points. Second year uh, handicap. Everyone gets one. <laughs> okay. Uh, general in defence, uh, just fired up against his old team, I think. He had the most marks for Melbourne and he was kind of cutting things off across halfback. Had eight marks back there. Just looking at his scores throughout the year, he is not the worst loophole option. Um, scores of 95, 87 and 78 previously. As well. I think he had another couple of scores in the 70s. Lower than that, I thought I'd just highlight the top three. So 86 here. Definitely have him on your bench and if he pulls out one of these, he might be a handy one to loop on for your D5, that's for sure. Well, uh, Melbourne have the Friday night game this weekend. So Perfect for that. So worth looking at, especially at 60% ownership too. Oh, on that, we've gone back to the full lockout this year. Disgusting. So. Oh, you answered. I didn't vote. I was a bit lazy in the group chat. Um, but yeah. Is you that- can't change rules halfway through a year. Yeah. We got a lot of guys in our league that uh, don't want to have to look at their teams after Friday. So I think they probably won out in the end, I guess, I'm guessing. Maybe oh, I should have voted and helped out democracy. Sorry, guys. I feel bad now. Absolute crap. I don't care either way, to be honest. My team's that shit. is not going to affect yeah, You've tapped out. You're scoring 1280 <laughs> with your best 22. Oh, dear. Uh, Alex Neil Bullen, uh, 85 points. Uh, he did this without kicking a goal this week. So that was encouraging because last week we were saying that he needed to kick a few goals to be a decent scorer. So he had 85 points without doing that. And he's had 80-plus scores in a row now. So, look. He had a 24 before that, but then the week before that, he had 93, so after that three in a row. So, he's kind of shown that he can. I'm not sure if that was sub-affected or not, actually, but I've got a feeling that it wasn't. Um, I think it's definitely a fieldable option, though, if it's one of your last forward options because he's just scoring too well. And in a Melbourne side that are going to be up and about, he's going to get in the end of goals. So, I think Alex Neil Bullen, Bullen is a viable option in one of your last forward options, that's for sure. Agreed. And James Harms had 80 points. Um, he's playing that midfield role, but he's definitely going to lose back status next year. And do you want an 80 average midfielder next year? So, my thinking is if you can, try to sell him to teams who need a defender or maybe premiership fancies 
that need a defender um, because you might get something decent for him at this point of year, I reckon. Anyways, uh, I'll keep going. Western Bulldogs versus St. Kilda at Marvel Stadium. Um, Aaron Norton, he had 109 points. He was so close to 2G4P before last week. He's averaging 82 now. Jeez, you've come around on him. Yeah, well, he's had he still hasn't done the three eighty plus in a row and be averaging higher than eighty for the two G four P factor. But I think he's had two eighty pluses in a row and now he is averaging eighty. So if he does it again, that's two G. And who they got someone good they got Melbourne this week, so he might be a bit tougher for him to do it. I think he might come back to the pack this week, but who knows? He snuck in to be the twenty third best averaging forward in the game. Twenty third's pretty good. Uh, Jason Johannesson, 85 points, uh, been playing up forward for the last few weeks. So, it was his first good game doing so, though. Like, he's been playing forward for a few weeks, but hasn't been putting up good scores. But maybe it's a sign he's settled into the role. Um, I'm going to need to see more before you get too excited, but I think owners of him would just be happy to see him putting up uh, Are there any owners decent. left? Uh, oh, I think there's a few. Um, if you're like us, you don't really Does play waivers. They've got to be there. But, uh, yeah, it's been hard work for I wouldn't Jay touch Jonas. him. Yeah, neither would I. But as I said, just wait and see if he, if he does it. What if he goes 80 again, playing up forward? Still don't care. Yeah, no, nah, probably the same, him. actually. <laughs> uh, Jordan Sweet had 84 points, and he did not look out of place against Paddy Ryder. So if you're rolling with uh, English and Martin, that handcuff, I think he's someone you really need to factor in because um, I think going forward, he's the long-term number one ruck option because we know English isn't great in the middle, but and he's probably just showing so much as a forward when he was playing um, that they might opt to use him up forward a bit more. Uh, but then Martin, I think they won't – I think for the remainder of the year, they might even rotate through those guys. Um, so, yeah, just be interesting. I think he's actually going to play and get you some decent scores when he does play. So I don't mind him as an option. And yeah, like I said, if you're rolling with English and Martin as your handcuff option, you're going to want him in the mix as well because in the future, which is what this uh, podcast is all about, all about, uh, he's going to be one in there scoring some points for West Coast, uh, Western Bulldogs, I think. Uh, Ryan Burns had 107 points moving on to St. Kilda now. Playing in the midfield, uh, 24 touches, uh, 12 marks. I'm not sure if you can expect him to have 12 marks each week, but I think it was more of a result of them just not being able to move the footy, so they just went laterally and chipped around a bit and tried to plan their attacks a bit more bit more to no avail and maybe just tried to well, stop the scoring, but it didn't really stop the scoring at all because they got done by 100 points, didn't they? Mm. Uh, anyway, I think just his game on the weekend uh, was just good signs for the future. St. Kilda aren't giving a lot at the moment, especially their midfield isn't really firing a lot right now, so I think he should get a decent run because he's one of the few that actually looks like he's working hard and trying, uh, you know, to do his best for the side. Uh, Jake Sinclair had 101 points off the half back. Uh, he's been playing this role for most of the year. It's his second time in the last month though, but he had two 60s in between. I still don't think he's much more than a loophole right now, but it's encouraging that he's actually putting up some decent a decent run. It's funny he's keeping out uh, Nick Caulfield out of his spot in that side. That's bloody annoying mm. for my side anyway. Mm. Uh, Tim Membry, 83 points on the back of two goals. Um, but, yeah, there's really not much else to write home about here. Um, it's just what he kind of pops up and does every now and then. Uh, Paddy Ryder had 81 points. Um, and he's got to be good value as number one ruck while Marshall was out. He had 41 hitouts versus Sweet. So, monitor to see what happens. Um, I don't know why I've got with uh, Marshall at the moment. Oh, sorry. Monitor to see what happened with Goldstein's ankle playing against North Melbourne next week because he could be in for a big week against North Melbourne if Goldstein is out. Question with Paddy Ryder, does yeah. he go again next year? Um, I think at this rate he kind of has to. Just Otherwise, St. Kilda well. can't win. Yeah, pretty much. And I think because they've got a pretty old list, they would want to capitalise. I think either way, they're going to capitulate and it's not going to happen. But I think they'll have a crack at it for sure. Mm. Uh, now, but I will say that he's probably the kind of guy that will kind of fizzle out mid-season and... 
you won't hold much value if you are like looking to make a final. So it's probably not worth owning. It's risky, risky yeah. proposition. Yeah. Uh, on to Fremantle versus Sydney, cracking game on Saturday night. Uh, Rory Lobb had 120 points, and the big rock lobster is finding some form. Tell you what, 18 touches, nine marks, and four goals. But it was just how he was uh, hitting those packs and taking clunks on Saturday night. Really impressive stuff. Back to his best. Uh, almost went to another level when Matt Tavernar went down with injury too. So if he's the big dog for the next couple of weeks, um, and obviously Sean Darcy is just absolutely killing it in the middle, so he doesn't need to really chop in there too much. He could be a, a really good, um, really good target because he's he's marking the ball really well, finding the goals, and uh, yeah, that ruck forward DPP is super super handy. Oh, the ruck status especially, mm, yeah, big time. Uh, Lucky Schultz, Hef, one hundred and one for our boy, our boy, our collective boy. Now it's been a lean few weeks for Lachlan, but. Uh, this was Lockie Schultz at his best on the weekend. 16 touches, eight marks, getting up the ground nicely, five tackles and kicked two goals three. So it could have been anything. Uh, he's just a genuinely dangerous half forward who can crumb, got a great work ethic. Surprisingly, he's only 32% owned for a guy who's notched up uh, two tons this year. Now, I reckon in the next couple of years or, you know, next year or two especially, he's, I think he's about 23. If Fremantle can really start to consolidate their list and, and, and improve, I reckon he could be one who could be a very, valuable forward um, for a long time. Get out of my head, Kays. I was about to say the exact same thing. But yeah, like I, he's a player that I think if he was in a good side, mm. he'd be a much better fantasy player. Like Toby well. Green, like in terms of, you know. Could, well, yeah, maybe not that big, but, but, but like around good, but that yeah. kind of level. Like yeah. he could, has a that potential. kind of role. Yeah, and that yeah. kind of potential, I think, to get to that level. Um, yeah, look, I think you're right. If Fremantle do actually get their shit together and become a half-decent side, which they've got the makings of, mm. um, I reckon his fantasy scoring will definitely improve. Now, Sonny Walters had 99 on Sunday and sit up and take note. The Sonny of old is back in the midfield. Now, obviously, this could be Brayshaw related, but- I think it is. He gave one hell of a spark uh, for that Dockers side. He found the ball with ease, 23 touches, also got forward and kicked a snag. Yes, he's been incredibly disappointing this year playing mainly as a forward. But look, it worked for Fremantle. I think he's they need him in that midfield to provide something, whether it's you know full time, who knows? But at least um, you know half the time he needs to be in there because he just looks so good there. Trade him out, uh, sorry, trade him in if you can if you're looking for a flag because I reckon uh, what we saw on the weekend it would make Justin Longmuir take note, and I think they need him if they're going to keep pushing forward. I don't think he'll go that big every week, but I think we will see a slight uptick in CBAs. I think so. Yeah, he, he needs to. Like he's just that. He's got that. He's not doing much X else. X-Factor, yeah. correct. Uh, Darcy Tucker, 73 points from him. Look, he's keeping up his solid yet uh, moderate scoring for the year. But honestly, if you need a consistent 70 to 80 midfielder uh, for your last uh, midfield spot, this is it. Uh, it's him, 51% owned and, and can go big on his day too. So just a kind of a safe option there with Darcy Tucker. Buddy Franklin, 119 points. Big Budwick was back to his best and... He proves he could be a must-have on your bench this season. Uh, 18 touches, 10 marks, kick six goals, one, two. Uh, look, we talk about it a lot here on the pod, Hef, but if you are hunting a flag, I think Buddy is a guy you seriously need to look at for these reasons. The last three games of 2021, they played St. Kilda, North Melbourne, and Gold Coast. So he could be one who bobs up, especially someone against you know North Melbourne or, or the Suns in round 22, round 23, and could go absolutely bananas. I reckon I had him in a uh, like a draft redraft league each like one year and I think he had like 180 or something in a grand final weekend for me mm. that's just sticking out my memories I'm actually trying to find the game here while we're at it uh, 
171 in round 23 one way, and he won me the grand final. He can do in it in our draft league. You know, this was in 2017, it might, so it might have been might the same. It might sound but crazy, but the guy who owns it might not really give two shits that yeah. you know he's got Buddy Franklin. And if you're looking, if you're looking good, he's one to definitely target for sure. Like, yeah, he could pop up and do some of this in the grand final. Definitely, like, it, like he's one of the few key forwards that can be dangerous like this on his day. He's yeah, dangerous as fuck. Uh, Oli Florent had 91 points. Looking apart from his last second blunder, uh, he was pretty good again. Uh, 24. Four touches in a goal, seventy nine average this season. Twenty two years old. From what I've seen, like I, I, I like him, but I just don't think he's ever going to be a big scorer. So the two tons this year he's had have been a hundred and hundred and three. So I reckon that's his ceiling. Uh, he's always going to be one of those kind of uh, consistent 80, 80 kind of average guys who can who can bring a ton every now and then. Almost like a, a Dave Swallow kind of player, just solid. Um, you know, probably a keeper in most sides because you just know what you're going to get. But, uh, yeah, nothing too crazy in terms of his ceiling, I don't think, there. Uh, Chatty Warner had 57 points. He looks tired uh, to me and in need of a week off. Look, it's his second year, uh, but his genuine first year, like having a crack at the uh, AFL level. So just stick with him. Uh, he's going to be very, very good. So don't lose faith. He's just going through a bit of a, a tired period. Wouldn't be surprised if he gets a, a week off soon. James Robottom coming back has kind of killed him this season. It has. So yeah. my, my like, wonder is... How's the mix going to go? But they've got Kennedy and Parker who are aging, who I think will be used less in the midfield as they go forward. So I, I think Kennedy rolls in that midfield till he dies, but I think Luke Parker will just end but up But how long is Kennedy going to go for, do you think? Another year. Yeah. yeah and I think Luke Parker will still – he's still youngish, but I reckon he's so good up forward that yeah, exactly. That's he's going to play He'll move out there. It might more. be Warner, Warner um, Parker kind of swap. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nick Blakey scored 32. Why is he in here? So two can play at this game, Hef. Yeah. Your keepers also shit. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Dawson, 122 <laughs> points from him. Now, we had a question about the, him last week, if he should be back to potted. Simply no. He's out there on the weekend, just absolutely driving up his contract value. Um, a lot of talk about the Crows after him, apparently, and obviously he's a very good player. But look, 31 touches, 24 kicks. Don't lose the faith of the guy who just wants to put on the boot at all costs. Seems to be taking, like, don't have the exact numbers haven't come out yet. Seems to be taking a lot more kickouts this year as well. Like, it was Lloyd who used to take, like, 80, 90% of them for Sydney. And now it seems to be a bit more of a 50-50 split. I'll have to work that out. But, yeah, I think he's, he's taking a few more. Anyway, don't worry. He's had a yo-yo year, but uh, he's very, very good. Uh, on to the Sunday game, GWS versus West Coast Eagles. Also a pretty good game. The boys just ran out of steam in the end. It was a bit slow in that last quarter. But look, Tommy Green, 114 points. He is genuinely taking his game to the next level in the last month, averaging 95 in his last four. 27 touches, also got lively up forward, kicking two goals too. And one was a genuine cracker of a goal. Really hard not to get excited about him. Uh, a lot of people jumped up early this year um, just with low scores, low home on ground. It was, it was just playing a half-forward flank where I wasn't playing his natural midfield role. But now that he's in that midfield, he has got a very, very good fantasy game. And I think he could be a genuine pig of the future. Has it kind of coincided with Cornelio being out? Cornelio, uh, who else is out that midfield? Someone else. Green who runs through Green it. Green a bit, yeah. Is there someone else? There's someone out? else. Or he kind of jumped in at one point, but he's just yeah. gone, he's in. Like there's, they're not buggering around on a half-forward flank and all that kind of stuff. He's a genuine in-and-under midfielder. So uh, good to see him playing in his natural spot and uh, I think JWS will be rewarded. Uh, Sammy Taylor had 100 points. He's a, a genuine star. Does it all back there for the Giants. I think he's a future All-Australian. Unfortunately, uh, breaking news is he's out for eight weeks. So um, 12 touches, nine marks, and four tackles at him on the weekend. He's been really good. Um, 
look, I think he's been underappreciated this year. Obviously, going to be tough to, to field him this year. But look, 28% owned. If you are looking long-term and you do need a long-term defender, I think he's pretty good if you play deep legs. Um, but probably one to black book for next year because a, a few people might forget just how good he was um, this season. So keep in mind him for next year. Uh, Dan Lloyd had 96 points. He's gone 66, 90, and 96 in his three games this season. And look, I think people are taking notice. He's up to 49% own. That's jumped up massively in the last week. And it's easy like his game, uh, 17 touches, eight tackles, and brings that heat. Just doesn't let up. So mainly running through that wing high half forward role. Has good goal sense too. Uh, GWS are playing well, and I think he's a great option for 2021. Obviously, I think I touched on he's about 27. Talked about him last week. But uh, if you do need a forward for this year, it could do a lot worse than Dan Lloyd. Uh, Matty Flynn, 75 points from him. He definitely looks to have more than one string to his bow. Went up forward and uh, kicked two snags on Sunday. Had 11 hitouts. Mummy had 10 and Nick Nat had 34. So uh, he definitely held his own and uh, his presence up forward was great. And I reckon he could almost kind of slot into this Tim English role if the Giants want to persist with the, the two because he's a real competitor. And I think it might be tough for Braden Proofs to crack in if he gets back and fit. His hands are just so good. So like that's the one noticeable thing from watching him this year pretty closely is around the ground his marking is phenomenal so yeah it doesn't surprise me that they chuck him up forward and he can take a couple grabs and kick a couple goals each week so yeah i don't i don't mind that idea it's got his fantasy scoring will suffer if that's the role he plays but at least he's in the side yeah um and yeah could right actually forward status yeah and exactly could show that going forward that he could uh actually be a decent option in the seniors that's for sure uh, Jeremy Finlayson, 78 points from him. He looks to be getting back to some of his uh, form of recent years. Kicked three goals. Uh, kicked three goals a week before as well too, so on a bit of a roll. And if you need a forward, uh, looking up his uh, next few games, they've got the Lions and then they have a bye. After the bye, they go Ruse, Blues and the Hawks. So proper tasty uh, option there, Jeremy Finlayson, if you need a, a good forward who's proven to, to score. Uh, no Eagle tons, uh, no surprise there. And not a lot of Keeper League relevant players did a hell of a lot. So probably just Oscar Allen, 70 points from him. Uh, he looked their most dangerous tall all day, 15 touches, kick one goal one. Look, he's uh, tracking nicely. And although um, Williams is in there, so they're playing Bailey Williams and um, uh, Nick Nat obviously in the ruck. So Oscar Allen is basically just that full-time forward now. So he's uh, doing pretty well just as that that main big guy up there. And Jack Petrocelli. on that, he did actually move into defence um, in this game because someone was getting towed up. Shannon Hearn was trying to play tall and was getting towed up. So he did actually run through defence in this game a bit more. So that could have had, had something to do with his fantasy scoring. Well, he actually, when he, I was just watching when he was up forward, he was actually pretty yeah, dangerous. Yeah. Um, and like Kennedy and Darling weren't really firing too many shots. And yeah. Yeah, he was probably, the, I thought, their pick when he was up there. Uh, Jack Petricelli, 70 points from him. He was pretty lively, kicking two goals, 14 touches. Look, a lot can run through the Eagles forward line. You've got Cripps, Ryan, etc. But he does well. Uh, a lot of possessions up onto the wing, works hard. Um, I just don't get too excited with these kind of players at, at the Eagles because – one, they're not historically a great scoring team. Um, and, yeah, they've got a lot of similar kind of guys if you throw in even like Hutchings who's coming back from injury. So uh, he's gone all right, but uh, not what I'm too excited about is Jack Petrocelli. Uh, moving on to the, uh, I guess, the fantastic game that was the Collingwood versus Port Adelaide. A uh, real spectacle, um, you know, real feast for the eyes, this one. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, oh, God. Yeah. 
Awful, awful, awful. I've hate to have been in your vicinity. No, no, I was all right because I was just kind of laughing at how bad it was. It was almost comical. Uh, Darcy Moore had 119 points. Funnily enough, that's how much we lost to 2007 grand final. Classic. Uh, <laughs> 15 marks. Uh, no cohesion in the Ports Ford 50 entries whatsoever. So uh, this kind of scoring is expected when we have days like that because we just bomb it in and players like Darcy Moore would just get underneath it and grab everything. So wouldn't expect it every week, but I like the option if – you know, you've got a key forward or a mobile – sorry, key forward. If you've got a key defender and more of one of those mobile key defenders against Port Adelaide, I'd be streaming those guys every week because our 450 entries are a rabble at the moment. Uh, Chris Main, uh, I've got Chris Maybe oh, here, typo too. The but, mainframe. Uh, uh, 118 points and his role on the wing is just great for fantasy. He just seagulls, does whatever he wants. He can kind of just run where he wants to. Has 21 kicks, uh, four handballs and 13 marks. Like he's almost a caption option at the moment. Integral Everything- part of my side. That you bagged me for picking him up this year yeah, as well. It just would have been great if you talked him up in the preseason. But anyway, uh, averaging 107 from his past three. Is he 2G4P at the moment? Uh, at the moment, but uh, one more week. All right, <laughs> cool. Uh, Caleb Poulter had 108 points, and this was kind of like a breakout game for this kid. Uh, he was playing on the wing, so he was playing in defense more so in the first couple of weeks. Um, definitely uh, pushed up to the wing. I did. Uh, I had a look through the wing attendances for this game just to see who was playing those roles. How do you find a wing attendance? No, you just go to the – you just actually watch the game and see how they – You go. watch every single stoppage. Oh, this guy. Yeah, well, like, like I said, on KO, you can just click on the goals yeah, and you, click, you skip th- uh, 45 seconds ahead. You have way too much time on your hands, man. I, just, I did it last night while I was doing the show notes, mate. Um, anyway, I, I didn't do it for every, didn't do it for every game. Just players where I, I kind of notice and I want to see exactly what they did. Um, but yeah, 70 kicks, five handballs. I, he's going to be a fantasy star of the future. Underage fantasy uh, gun as well. Get on Caleb Poulter. Um, and a good one in classic if you picked him up. And Would you I keep him? Oh, uh, yeah. keeper? Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. I picked him up at 320 in our podcasters league. I think in our home league, he's on someone's rookie list. Yeah. And Gerald, I think, got him the pick before me in the draft, which was bloody annoying. Um, and I, but I picked uh, your boy from um, Essendon. Archie Perkins. Yeah. Who looked pretty Perkins. good as well. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, Josh Dacos had 86 points. Uh, started forward. Um, and he was back in the CBA mix after that. So, I just – there's a lot of people talking about him. I think it might come from classic circles because he's priced so cheaply at the moment. I just wouldn't get – too excited about him because Collingwood just seem to trial different players in the middle each week and it's so hard to get a gauge on who their kind of starting midfield rotation is at the moment especially with um, Taylor Adams back on the side like yes we saw him uh, go like you know so Josh Dacos go right in the CBAs this week but he could just as well get zero next week and they'll try something different so I don't know it's I'm just not getting too excited just yet but I still think in the future he's going to be a good player I'm looking forward to seeing his brother play who apparently had 40 mm. touches uh, in whatever grade he was playing on the weekend so. hopefully the Dacos are better than the Browns. Yeah, surely. Uh, John Noble had 85 points running our defence. Uh, he's got a 77.9 average. Doesn't have a huge ceiling, but he's just a player that's reliable for 70 plus each week. He's kind of like a player I feel like we just don't need to mention because if we did, he'd be on the podcast every second week. We and would. It would be yeah. the John Noble podcast. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but he was just good for like a 75 to 85 each most weeks. Um, Isaac Quainer, 76 points. Uh, look, he's lacking consistency, but that's to be expected for a player in his second year. He's showing good signs of being a fantasy star of the future, so I'd be happy if I owned him at the moment. Uh, moving on to some Port players, Sam Pepper had 105 points and he was thrown into the midfield mix real late. So he scored 38 in the last quarter and had most of his CBAs coming towards the end of the game. So it's concerning playing mostly forward, but hopefully this week was the spark to kind of get him back into the midfield. And who knows, he might have needed a few weeks uh, just run before they injected him back into that midfield. So let's see what happens uh, in the next few weeks because he's got forward status. So that'd be handy if he can become uh, more of a permanent uh, midfield in the rotations there. Um 
Robbie Gray had 96 points and was one of the cleanest players out there by far. He kicked three goals. And I think this these days with Robbie Gray, his good scores will be, you know, few and far between, I guess. But he's still capable this game show. So he won't do it every week, but he's a great loophole option because, uh, yeah, when he goes okay, and when, Port, he, you know, when Porter in trouble, they basically rely on him to dig him out of a hole. So um, did it on the weekend and he'll go big when he does that. So, yeah, it's a good loophole option, especially if you're trying to flag up. Uh, I'd love to have him on a bench in a grand final. Like mm. Especially if Port playing, I think we do play Saturday afternoon. Oh, that actually hasn't been announced yet, but um, yeah, we probably will if we're playing finals. Um, we'll see if that happens. Peter Adams had 95 points and just enjoy the scoring while it lasts. Cause, be the last week. Uh, he's got two more weeks. No, he's going to get dropped for Sam Hayes. You reckon? I reckon mm-hmm. they might play him. If the worst case, they'll play him in tandem, but that'll help. That'll hurt his scoring. Um, I thought they'd do it this week, if anything, because they need the support against Grundy. I thought they'd just go two in, but they didn't do it. So, um, Sam yeah. Hayes is dominating the Sanford and winning taps. Yeah, but this week we've got Fremantle, so Sean Dars, we might need it. The guy's on fire. He's on fire. Um, anyway, Peter Adams, 95 points. Um, look, he's playing at the number one ruck while last it's out. Got smashed in the hitouts. So, 33 hitouts to oh, So, 10. they need someone who can win hitouts. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, if Hayes is going to be that guy, but we'll have and see. Um, look, Darcy Cameron had nine as well. So, I oh, know if you... If you're playing him as a forward right now, like you somehow get another ruck and you play him at forward, like this is what you were hoping for this like whole year is that Lysett would somehow get out. Or I think it was in my case, I was expecting more of a split between the two, like way more of a split. I thought Lysett would rest on the bench and uh, Laddams would go on a lot more. But when Laddams was playing, he just kind of sat forward most of the game. So didn't really come to fruition. But yeah, this is because he's so good around the ground, you can expect this scoring from Laddams. But like I said, it's not going to last. Um, you really need Lysett to go out long term for it to be relevant. Um, and then he'll probably lose ruck sta- forward status, so it won't be relevant anyway. Uh, Kane Farrell had 81 points, and he looked good, but he was playing on Poulter, who probably had the better of him. So I'm just still not sure where he sits. Like, he's a super, super silky skilled player. But if slash when Dersmar comes back, is he going to be best 22? I'm really not sure, especially because Dan Houston's moving on to that wing role, and they run a few others through there as well. So has potential, definitely, and he looks good. I'm just not sure how long he remains in the best 22, that's all. Is he a fantasy player? Um. Yeah, he's gonna be. I can never. I won't. I would never say he's gonna be like a, a ninety-five plus kind of guy. But I think he could average eighty-five to ninety in that kind of range. If Carl he gets money. yeah, that kind of thing. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Carl Amon's the other wing option that I was trying to think of just before. Um, Essendon versus North Melbourne. Okay, it's on to you. Last yeah, game. Yeah, flag favourite. Surely after touching up the oh, mighty ruse. Uh, look on to. We'll start off with North Melbourne. Taron Thomas. Taron, however you want to say it. TT, 89 points from him. For mine, he was uh, best on ground for North. Just every time he had the ball, something good seemed to come of it. Kicked two really nice goals on the run from about 50 metres out and uh, found the footy 21 times. Had five clearances and three tackles too. So, just a, he's a really nice size, really quite big. And I think he's building and he looks physically ready now. Um, and, yeah, I reckon if he was in a good side, he'd be getting heaps of press because uh, you know, North are languishing. But he is a very, very talented youngster. So, averaging 73 in his last five and 53% owned. So, plenty of time to get a piece of TT. He's giving us glimpses of what we wanted to see. He was, I was super impressed with him. Yeah. Super impressed. Had a few this year where he's just kind of popped up and yeah. gone, yep. Yep, he's going to get yep, there. He's, he's going to get, get there. Uh, Taylor Garner, 90 points. Uh, three goals again uh, after kicking three last week. Also had 19 touches. Look, he was a solid performer. Uh, I can't, 
you know, you can't really be doing too much more in the, the North Melbourne side than kick three. Look, he's possibly worth a look at 44% ownership, but long-term he's 27 and he's never really been a good scorer. So um, I'd be – if it was between like um, Taron Thomas and Taylor Garner, who are basically both the same ownership, I'd be Taron Thomas every day of the week. That's crazy, so, really, that mm-hmm. they're owned the same. Well, it's 10% difference, but, you know, like Garner's put up some bigger scores. But seriously, uh, you better longer-term player, probably even for this year, I reckon, is uh, Thomas. Uh, Sean Atley had 88 points. I honestly didn't even know he was playing, um, and he had 88 points. So, don't know where <laughs> he managed to get them. He's 22 touches and nine marks. But, you know, it's that kind of sneaky shit I respect. Um, it just spends so much time in... Uh, North Melbourne's backline, and it's someone's always going to get the ball. So whether it's Aaron Hall getting fifty-six cheap touches or Jack Zebel trying to switch the ball for no reason a million times, those defenders at North just get lots of lots of touches. So, um, funnest, funnily enough, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, um, shout out to on Instagram, Mr. Bennett on tour, Bennett, yeah, Mr. Bennett on tour, who got into us a few weeks ago saying we weren't giving uh, Atley enough. Uh, respect so oh, just shout out to him <laughs> shout out to him but like honestly Sean the interesting thing is his lowest score of the year Sean Atley came when they won so uh, if North are good he's going to be bad he's the only one trying for him mate you know he doesn't have to try when they're up and about mm, whatever <laughs> uh, on to the mighty mighty Dons two leader Peter 105 points from Pete Wright played an absolute ripper just had a crack and contested a heap of big packs and just clunked 10 marks as well, 16 touches, kick three goals too. Yes, he's a bit up and down, but that uh, ruck forward loophole is uh, delicious. I think I've said it before, but he's only 24. Feels like he's been around for like 10 years, but yeah. uh, he's still very young. Um, he's never going to be like a 100 plus forward or a, a really good ruck, but he could be that Roy Lobb style who's a second stringer who kind of pulls out a you know, 70, 80 each week, um, kind of playing that hybrid role. So not a bad long-term option, I don't think. Speaking about guys who have been around for 10 years, David Zaharakis pulled out a pretty decent score. He actually wound about the clock, had 90 points and uh, 22 touches and a goal. He was actually impressive. Like he was running really well through the midfield and looked to have plenty of dash in those old legs. Uh, it's his third game of the year and I think he's really going to be used in case of emergency. Plus, it was North Melbourne. So, don't get too excited. But, we're talking about farewell games, Heffy. Gold Coast and Collingwood, round 22, round 23. If ever a man is going to retire, it's going to be against Collingwood at the G after, you know, Anzac Day, David. He's going to go huge in his farewell game. We even saw a feeling. Um, even saw Ben Stratton put up a big score in his... Farewell game last year. So, like, Zahra, especially if Essendon aren't in the finals, he's (laughs) going to get fed like an absolute pig. Yep. So, that's something to think about if you look like you're going to be continuing the grand final. And lastly, sorry, the happiest note Nick Cox, 83 points. I honestly didn't think I could love anyone more than uh, Waller, uh, Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, but. Mr. Cox is uh, really becoming one of my favourites. Yes, I know all the cliches and shit like that. He's tall and he's wingman and he's 200 centimetres and he can run like the wind. But honestly, like his running ability is magnificent. He's great overhead marking, great below his feet, clever, good ball user. It all just adds up. He's going to be one hell of a player. Um, 14 touches, nine marks and two goals. Uh, 45% owned. And if you're not stashing him, uh, especially his back forward, I don't know what he'd get next year, assuming it would be center only. But uh, look, I think he is going to be a fantastic player. And uh, after the game, I think you can even make a case for Archie Perkins as a stash too. They both look pretty good in their first year of footy. 
I've got Archie Perkins on the rookie list, so he'll definitely be stashed. But and I've got Nick Cox. I love, beautiful- I, I love Nick Cox. Yeah, I like watching him play as well. So, uh, no, your Bombers are going okay, mate. They're on the right track for a, a struggling team or a team that's been down in the dumps for a while. I think you're uh, onto something there. Lots of bright lights. Definitely. Uh, cool. Before we move on to the projections, um, yeah, if you enjoy the podcast, please consider showing your support by becoming a member. Uh, if you do become a member and support the podcast, uh, we'll give you access to all our bonus uh, premium resource resources. So uh, they're the they're the hottest uh, ticket in Big your time. fantasy uh, knowledge and uh, research. So yeah, do all the hard work for you and get that uh, get that knowledge into your hands. Uh, gold members, we read out five each week. This week we've got uh, Todd Rollings. Dan Callery, Gerald Rayner, Stu Callery, so we've got some brothers there by the looks, uh, and Ben Schmidt. So thank you for those for signing up. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, Kays, before we get on to the projections, which is becoming a bit of a popular segment, I think. It's kind of gives us a chance to back a few players in and see how we go the following week. Uh, but do you want to do some state league numbers before we get stuck into that? Yeah, so uh, basically it was a good week to be a ruckman in the, the VFL. So Kristen, uh, Tristan Cherry had 168 points for the backup ruckman for North Melbourne, 27 hitouts and a lazy 36 touches from him. Uh, Kieran Briggs, he was also dominant from GWS, 155 points. Callan Coleman-Jones, the Richmond backup ruckman, had 15 hitouts, 21 touches and kicked four goals for. So, his 153 could have been anything. Um, Josh Caddy, surely not too far away. He scored 141 be. points. Even the Richmond supporters want him in. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, Luke Dunstan, you'd be, he'd be super stiff if he can't get recalled after St. Kilda's absolutely disgusting effort. He had, um, what do you have, 29 touches and kicked three goals from the midfield. So, great game from him. Uh, Oscar Baker, he's gone along pretty nicely. He had 135 points. Uh, Mabua Chol uh, also pretty went pretty well. 24 hitouts, 133 points. Uh, perennial... VFL favourite Will Brody uh, keeps dominating at the VFL level, 32 touches and 128. Riley West also had 128 points and uh, Sammy Gray from Sydney, 126 points from him. But uh, a couple others of note, Will Phillips had 114 points, so showed he can uh, score at VFL level. And uh, Elliot Yo is back. He had 81 points in some limited time in the waffle. Just looking at the top 10 state league scorers up on the website, keepleaguepod.com today if you want to check out Kay's article this week. Uh, the top 10 all from the VFL, aren't they? I think they are. Yes, So is, VFL. This begs the question, is the VFL the new NEFL? It has to be. So <laughs> Mark Hutchings at 118 in the waffle. And yeah. who's the best? Uh, Sam Mays at 116 in the sandful. Yeah, and Hutchings. Is Hutchings still on the list, is he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he Did had an injury injury. Uh, at, sorry, surgery at the start of the year. Okay. Mm. Uh, it's just the, the waffle and sample seem to be a lot harder to score in, that's for sure. Real manly, manly <laughs> comps. VFL, I think because there's so many AFLs, it's just a bit more bruise-free. It's mm. just like less probably passion involved than the sample. A lot sample. of chipping around. Yeah, and that sort of stuff. Just, yeah, not a lot of defending going on. But anyway, uh, let's move on to our projections. So each week we give you a captain, a loophole, a streamer, and a waiver for the week. So the captain can't be top 10. Well, I make mine not top 10. Uh, loophole, that's, that should be the rule because everyone's oh, got did. top 10. Yeah, good, good. I wasn't sure. I haven't seen yours this week. That's oh. all. Um, I tipped Darcy Parrish last week, by the way. 
I did, yeah, it was huge. It meant huge. Um, loophole was uh, is the is a player that's playing the first uh, four or five games of the round, at least by Saturday, four o'clock that game. Rory Atkins, he stunk it up. Uh, and the streamer is uh, basically a player that you think is going to go good against your opposition, and a waiver is a player under sixty five percent owned. I had Ollie Wines, he my captain. He got one hundred and five, not as big as I thought he might go against Collingwood. Then I had Brayshaw as my um, this Angus Brayshaw as my loophole option because I didn't want people to get too excited after his eighty. Last week, you got 78, so it could have gone either way. You can kind of claim victory on both sides of the coin there. I can't remember who my last stream was, James Jordan, James Jordan. Which, was a, which was a stinker. Uh, Gary Ryan, right. who was okay, but yeah. not good enough. Anyways, what's your captain this uh, week? Captain this week is Jack Steele. So I'm bouncing, uh, expecting him to bounce back after a quiet weekend uh, for the Saints. Look, he averages 108 against the Roos and averages 98 at uh, Marvel Stadium. I'm backing him in to get 120 plus. I had to see on him last week, so that's the reason, one of the many, many, many reasons why I didn't go past 1300 last week. Uh, I've got the bond in this week because, yeah, he went big last week after scoring four goals. So, he had 38 points. Probably won't kick four goals again, but with Trelaw out, he's going to be the next one to step up, I think, and kind of just feast on the points that he's left behind. Uh, had 126 points against Melbourne last time, and then he's averaging 124 in the last three rounds. So, I think Bont is going to have another big week. Um, now, I did have my loophole of the week was going to be Sam Taylor, but he's out now. So, I'm going to slot in Jeremy Finlayson instead. Uh, coming off three goals against the Eagles, who are a very good side. 78 points um, and 15 touches there. Look, in uh, back in 2019, he was actually pretty handy. He averaged 71 back then. So, look, he's playing good footy. The Giants are playing really good footy too. So, I reckon even despite they're playing Brisbane, I reckon he can uh, come in and find a few goals against that um, Brisbane defence. My loophole is Taylor Garner because everyone's getting real excited about him because he's had scores of 89 and 90, but he's only played the two games this season. I'll still be tentative because they've been Essendon and Hawthorne. So teams that aren't in the finals mix, they're not, no, no offense to Essendon. I know your bombers are up and about, but I guess they could play finals, Essendon. But uh, they're probably not likely to go that far. So he kicked three goals in each of those games too. So once he plays against a team that's going to absolutely roll them, although he did get rolled against Essendon on the weekend. Um, I just, yeah, I just don't think you should get too excited. Just loophole it and play it safe just in case he doesn't score well. That's my thoughts. Uh, my streamer for the week is Luke Dunstan. So surely Rats swings the axe and Dunstan checks in this weekend. He's gone 140, 116, 135 and 139 in his four VFL games this season and scores 74 in his only AFL outing this year. He averages 92 against the Roos. He's only 37% owned and he's playing north this weekend. So we know that means three points. Surely all of our listeners would know what Dunstan checks in is, right? I hope so. Yeah. Are they all in that age demographic? Surely. Surely I've seen that movie. If not, Classic. do yourself a favour. Uh, my streamer this week is Dylan Moore. So he had 88 on, the, 88 on the weekend, plays Gold Coast, who he had 120 against last time. I think you had him as a loophole option, but I'm going to mm-hmm. go with him as a streamer in the main pod, in the main section. But uh, look, he's only started in 32% of teams. So um, yeah, if he... Goes right against Gold Coast, like history suggests. I think he's only played him once, but he had 120 against him. Uh, yeah, he should be a good thing this weekend, I reckon. Playing in Darwin, are they? Mm, yeah, yeah, somewhere so up north. I think they've ever played there before, Hawthorne, so should be interesting. Uh, waivers case. Uh, my waiver for the week is Quinton Narkle. So, obviously, no Duncan, Guthrie unlikely. I think that midfield spot opens up beautifully for Sparkle Narkle for a few weeks. Uh, had his PB of 113 from only 69% time on ground. Look, and they play the Pies this week. 
League and they leak points like an absolute sieve. So 29% owned. You can waiver him and also loophole him if you like because I think they're the second or third game of the round. So uh, get involved in some narkle. I've got Ryan Burns because he's only 28% owned. And I don't, yeah, he wasn't picked up in our league, I'm pretty sure. So he was one of the better performers in Saints side when they got smashed last week and cracked the ton as well. Average 90 in the NAB league as a junior too. So has some potential there. Um, cool. That's the. That's the projections section of the week done. Uh, sign up as a member to get more projections, wave wire picks, and state league fantasy scores. Uh, before we move on to the questions, we have an Apple review. Heck yeah. Uh, please keep this coming in. So we haven't had one in a new one in a couple of weeks, but luckily last time we put a call out, uh, a few people uh, helped us out, jumped to keep the calls. Coming and in. But yeah, keep them rolling in because actually I should get a kick out looking them up and see what comes through as well. Um, but yeah. There is a, a, a review from C Sanchez five five four, and he says, "Get around them, cracking pod that I started listening to just to hear about some different players for my classic team. Currently in three keepers and loving it. Also, get around the Fantasy Factory on Facebook and Twitter. So I think that's a new podcast slash live stream slash YouTube channel that's popped up in the last few weeks, and I had a quick." look at some of their content last week and it was good fun and I think those guys are all pretty handy classic players as well so um, yeah good stuff if you're into that sort of stuff as well get around the community definitely alright let's do it listen to questions All right, first question comes from Mitchell Swan. Uh, hi, lads. Question for the pod. Jack Higgins, where's his fantasy career at? Moves to the Saints, expect him to midfield time and looks like he's getting next to zero CBAs. This renders his fantasy career pretty much unplayable. Any thoughts? Would you keep him in a keeper league of a team going uh, – keeper league team of 20 going forward? No. Yeah, probably not at this point. Um, I'm just trying to think. In a keeper league full of tw- in a league full of 20, I'm just trying to like have a – Who's the team that's got him in our pro keeper league? Because uh, the podcasters league, we're not very professional, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I was just thinking because like we keep twenty in that league, and whether he's worth picking up in that league. So I'll just get it up here and have a look. Uh, who's got? But going back to that, while you're doing that, look, yeah. he it was probably. I said at the start of the year, I don't understand why he went to St Kilda. Like. I know he used to support them and all that bullshit, but like it was never going to be good for his actual career because he was just going to have to play small forward where he could have gone to probably 10 other clubs and maybe got a midfield berth. Yeah. Just looking at – he's actually in Doss's team in the podcast. Also, it doesn't mean anything. Um, so, he'll probably keep him just because, yeah, Doss loves picking bad players. But uh, I looking at his team, Dodd's actually got a, Doss has actually got a pretty solid squad here, like of younger type talent. Mm. So, I don't think he makes the cut just looking at it. So, probably not, yeah, you know. In a team full of twenty or keeper twenties, I don't know. I don't know if there's any like um, trade value in him either. Is there? Nah, not a lot going around at the moment. So uh, probably not. It's unfortunate, but uh, yeah, Jack Higgins. See you later. At Trav014, has Hind been given 2G for P status? Lowest score of 71 this year. He jumped on early on him in the draft, but has exceeded expectations. Well, I don't really do Bombers games. You do Bombers games. Have you 2G'd him? Uh, he surely we did. I can't remember, but you didn't talk about him this week, so you must have just assumed that he was 2G I just assumed he's 2G for Pep. I don't think we ever did, but if he's if he's not, he definitely is. He definitely is 2G yeah. for Pep. Yeah, he's, so. been, he's easily been the pick up of the year in the whole I'll, AFL. I feel bad for Nick Hind if he's... He's probably been listening each week waiting to hear his 2G 4P status. Oh, actually, um, I got, sent Ben Keyes a text congratulating him on his 2G 4P status, and he replied and he said, uh, thanks, Hef, appreciate it. So he's happy to be around. Maybe we're spreading out our tentacles into the real AFL world and Maybe. people are excited about 
getting off the pod. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> they just don't want to be associated with us, maybe. No. That's it. No, I'm just kidding. I would, we should get Benny back on at some stage. Yeah, maybe in the buy rounds or something. Buy rounds, yeah. yeah surely. We'll, maybe we'll send him a text Little if he wants to come back on. Yeah, yeah, just really get around him because he, I oh, actually looked, he's in the, um, Oh, he's in the in the um, breakout tracker. I have to look at the top twenty midfielders, and he's in it at the moment. Top twenty <laughs> midfielders in a comp. It's amazing, Jesus. And I think with Crouch not coming back in, I don't see that changing. To be honest, do you see Crouch coming back into that side at not all? To the like, grows, probably not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. By the like sounds of it, trade bait. Um, he seems to want to go wherever his brother goes, so he'll probably go back to Victoria. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah, but anyway. Ben Keyes could be a long-term fantasy option. Oh, the Oracle, one you got right. The Oracle. <laughs> uh, at Brad Johnson, uh, Josh Rotham uh, averaging ninety at home this year, fifty-three away. away. Reckon this will continue all year. Uh, interesting. Uh, watched the game on the weekend, and yeah, it wasn't as prolific as I thought, but kind of had to play a bit more uh, lockdown at times because of the the taller timber. Um, in the uh, for the GWS side with like Himmelberg, Finlayson, uh, Flynn going up there and Sproul, who's uh, kind of deceptively tall as well. So yeah, uh, he was actually quite good. Probably a bit more of a like I started him on the weekend because I had a bit of an injury ravaged week, but uh, what, I think he's a better kind of bench cover option at the moment. Just uh, especially away, looking at the numbers, so some good stats there, Brad. But uh, probably like some guys play better at. at um, at Perth and elsewhere, and uh, probably Noah the, Anderson at the Gold Coast is quite he's, similar. He, exactly, FIFO player they call yeah, him. FIFO, yeah, but yeah. Uh, Josh Rotham uh, potentially just uh, the Eagles play a bit better at, at home, and he kind of gets on the end of some cheaper ball in the bigger, bigger space. So um, fair call. Yeah. Uh, at Grills 03, help me out with Connor Rosie. Uh, is he? He's going to be a star of the future, but he's currently doing my head in. Dersma and Butters are out still, but he's not getting any midfield time. Is he just destined to be a half-forward flanker and play the grey role, or do I hold or consider reasonable trades? I think I don't think he's destined to play that role. I think it's more so this year. Like the kid barely had a preseason um, with that foot, and this preseason was shorter than usual with the way the season started so late. Oh, sorry, ended so late last year. So I just don't think he ever got the chance to build up the kind of midfield tank, do the full preseason, play the role. So I don't know if he's destined to play the grey role, but I will say that he is probably more valuable in that role because Port do have when everyone's fit and firing a pretty deep midfield. So um, I would not. I don't know. I can. I definitely consider reasonable trades, and I'll put reasonable in bold there. Um, don't let someone rip you off for him because he does have potential. But um, look, it's not the worst thing if you're forced to hold him, I don't think. What do you reckon? Uh, yeah. I, I don't think you're going to get a good enough value for him. Yeah, And that's what it's going to come down to. So you're just better off holding and and kind of at least waiting a year. I, yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, at Luke D. Hiscock, currently not in contention to flag this season and looking for a potential trade. Uh, for a forward who I can keep next season who's gone under the radar a bit or might break out next year. Uh, the current young forward potential keepers he has are uh, Stevens, Danaher, Pickett and Lambert. Any names that you might want to try and target for next year? Uh, so I actually dug through the list of forwards and it's quite shallow and there's not a lot on there that's mm. really good. But um, a few kind of draftees that have kind of fallen away that do have forward status currently are uh, Elijah Hollands, who was highly touted in the preseason, and Braden Cook. So they might have been forgotten about. 
as well. But there's a couple of Brisbane guys like Cam Rayner with his knee. Um, there might be he might be out there somewhere. If you play waivers, someone might have dropped him back, or he someone the owner might be you know in flag contention and be happy to get rid of him uh, to kind of bolster their stocks. And then Eli Smith is another one who has forward status too. I think if he was at most, I think he's been injured for a while, but he's just coming back in now. But I think if he's at most other clubs, he would probably be playing a bit more. So Eli Smith's one other player. But look, digging through that list is you know under the radar. Um, forwards it's pretty hard to find anywhere yeah, it depends like Devin Robertson's been really good like is he under the radar though I don't know I don't even just someone people. like Sam Berry who has been playing a lot but hasn't necessarily been scoring a lot yeah it, does he, is he someone who keeps forward status because you know he plays that pressure forward role I don't think he plays, keeps it long term yeah. but he will probably next year will we'll next year a year or two yeah uh, but like Danaher's solid uh, if it's Cosy Pickett, I think he's going to be a great player long term. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, anyone who's kind of worth owning is owned or known about because there's not a lot there in the forward line at the moment. Like even if you just, you know, sorry to go back to your classic formats, but picking your top six forwards is so bloody hard at the moment because there's everyone just gets injured and there's no one around. Like you're looking at someone like Aaron Hall is probably going to be the best forward this year. That's enough classic talk. I'm just uh, saying anything. Yeah, it's crazy though. It is. Yeah, because Dunkley's everyone's dropping yeah, yeah. flies. Yeah, and almost like your ruck forwards are some of your yeah. better players. Yeah. Uh, Michael Wiltshire, uh, I'm in a first season keeper league, obviously, uh, with no chance of making finals. What would you recommend as far as setting your team up for next year? I'm riddled with injury, uh, injured, sorry, I'm riddled with injured players like Ron Marshall, Cornelio, Shields, Howe and Duggan. Uh, trade hard or just sit tight and get ready for a rebuild. We have a free agency open only three times a year in the regular season. It's hard to know without seeing your full squad and how many you keep each year. So just a tip for anyone when you're asking questions like this, maybe just give us a bit of a, uh, an idea of how your league Send through is a picture or set up or like a picture of your, your team or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll get flooded with that many pictures <laughs> now and then we won't be able to go through them all. But uh, yeah, look, I think as long as your team isn't um, like super, super aging yep. and you definitely have got some – Players that are in their prime and some up and coming players, there's no no real need to go nuts on trading everyone mm-hmm. out or don't go trading out players like Cornelio or Ron Marshall for younger players and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You're going to need some people to score your points, you know, and those players will still be around for a while. So, yeah. I was like that kind of 23 to 27 strike zone. So, you know, guys like Marshall, Cornelio, uh, Duggan fit that perfectly. So I think. Uh, you're better off keeping them. Someone like uh, Liam Shields or Jeremy Howe, uh, potentially, if they do come back this year, I don't think Howe's going to come back uh, from injury. But, um, you know, they are the guys that you can potentially look to offload for a bit of um, – for the rebuild magic. But, yeah, I think if you if you can, I try and keep that 23 to 27 core because that's when people are in their scoring prime. Uh, Paul Milne, on a scale of Buddy Franklin, meaning awesome, to Damien Barrett, which is absolutely fucked, <laughs> uh, how do you rate – a draw in your keeper league that bumps you out of the top four for <laughs> finals. Also, keen on your thoughts on Andrew McPherson's output uh, such opportunities for the rest of this year and for 2021. Keep up the great work, legends. Well, the first one is definitely Damien Barrett, I reckon. It's just not very good at all. Um, he's still trying to get your head around the question. Do you mean a draw like the the schedule or a draw as in Oh, I thought he tired. meant as in like he tied like, yeah, a draw as in. He drew and then he's out of the top four. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I'm not really sure though. Maybe he does mean the draw. There's honestly, can't, I reckon there might have been one draw in our league history. I honestly can't remember one. I had a one pointer this year, like yeah. we lost by a point. There's rarely been a draw, so yeah. it's genuinely rare. Yep, pretty much. Uh, thoughts on Andrew McPherson's Is your boy, Hef. Yeah, look. You and Doss had all the thirst in the preseason <laughs> and you've dried up since. You know, funny story um, my mate Triby, who listens to this podcast and is a gold member. 
at the end of last year, he was making his, or the start of this year, he was making his keeper cuts. And he asked me about Andrew McPherson. And I was like, nah, get rid of him. Like, he's rubbish. And then I watched that game down at uh, Norlanga and I was back on board. And I wish I just stuck to my guns <laughs> and <laughs> thought it was out. Um, I, look, I don't even know if he's best 2020 more. Like, what I said to my mate was that he looks like he can use the ball okay, but I'm not sure he gets enough of it. And it's just the same story this year, really. We th- I thought he was going to slot into role, uh, Laird's role and be fine. And that's what he looked like in that trial game. I think only having one week worth of trials really fucked me this year because I just bought in too much. I needed like another two games to see like, oh, no, that was just a flash in the pan. That wasn't going to happen. But uh, oh, well, that's, just, that's the thing when you get sucked into – when you overanalyze fantasy, I think you, get, you, you see things that you want to see, I reckon. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I don't rate him too much, to be honest. I don't even know if he gets back in the best 22, uh, especially with the way that they play or the way they played on the weekend. I reckon they'll roll with that team for a while. Um, yeah. They'll be fine. Plus, you know, someone like uh, who got dropped, Will Hamill, who's been, you know, he could be one that slots into that role. Yeah, there's got a few better. players of that type, yeah. yeah. And even Hately probably should come back at some stage. I reckon he's just, he's done something. He's on the outer, outer in some I think way. they must be teaching him some lessons. Yeah. His, his, his tackle numbers and that have been pretty good in the sand for so yeah. maybe it was a defensive pressure kind of thing. Yeah, see somebody who come back into that role mm. as well. Uh, Matthew Wright, he's at the Crows. Uh, Crow skipper, hopefully. <laughs> skipper, sorry. Yeah, in the in the samples, Sample. that's the reach we have. But anyway, uh, did Sean Higgins uh, have a role change that led to his biggest score of the year? Keep up the good work, guys. Makes sense because he would have been playing Sandful when this game was on and he wouldn't be able to watch it. Yeah, he missed it. it. So, like, yeah. yeah, he's asking us to cover it for him. Uh, look, Duncan and Guthrie did go down. He only had five CBAs, but that's up two from last week. So, I'm not sure if you can... Um, you can still pin the scoring on that. But I think he just looked to push up the ground a bit more from that forward line, get up the ground a bit more, and probably just start settling into that Geelong side as well. And look, he probably did get a bit more midfield time with Duncan and Guthrie going down as well. So, um, yeah, we'll go with that, I reckon. Um, ben Blake's asking, is DeMont, friend of the show, Trent DeMont, yeah, easing his way back into form or does he have a completely different role? You watched this game, Pez. I did, and he didn't really get much of the footy. Um, was he on the wing or was he? He was kind of on the wing, but it, the only times I really saw him get with touches when he kind of come around, he got a couple of half back. He, he was a bit unnoticeable, unfortunately, but um, I think Give he's easing back. Give like Because uh, when we talked to him, we talked to him, probably three or four weeks before the start of the season, you know, and he was just injured then and he's kind of only played one game of EFL and chucked straight back in. So He played two games of EFL. Uh, yeah. One full game though. Yeah. One was half, yeah. So maybe look, maybe he's just one to kind of look at a bit more or give him a bit of leeway until after the bye. But uh, the more that we do, I suppose each year doing the pod, you kind of notice that the guys who have interrupted pre-seasons tend to not score very well. Like there always seems to be some hiccup, you know. Something in that, I reckon. Yeah. Because they're not, well, they're just not fit. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think this pl- year, especially because the preseason was so short yeah. that there wasn't a lot of time to prepare anyway. And they're playing longer games, et yeah. cetera, et cetera. Uh, DeMont's obviously a pretty clever operator and uh, pretty fit guy. So he'll bounce back. But uh, yeah, if, you, if you're not super in contention this year, I think he's worth holding for, for next year for sure. All right, Kays, that's a Zambrero wrap. Uh, let's wrap this show up. So I think we are pushing past the hour mark now, um, even further. It's that's all okay. Fiends. Luckily, our listeners gave us some feedback that they actually don't <laughs> mind the longer episodes, so we won't stress about that too much. But uh, anyways, uh, get around us on our socials, um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get around that Instagram page. Do yourself a favour because I'm pumping out some sweet content. Got a like from that, uh, Kieran Briggs today. Yep, tag Kieran Briggs in a post and he liked it back. So talking about his VFL fantasy score. New so. fan of the pod. Yep. 
Oh, he hasn't followed us yet. Hopefully, by the time we get back on, he has. Uh, but yeah, um, he could he, been, he could be in this week with uh, Taylor going down as well. So could could be imagine. a big breezy back. Get around the Brigler. Uh, you get around Remedy and Zambreros. So drink Remedy, eat Zambreros, support the sponsors, and therefore you support the podcast. So if you're doing that, cheers for that. Make sure you tam- tag us in any Remedy photos and burrito Hell videos yeah. and stuff like that because we want to see that shit because we love it. Um, and uh, also get around the Pod Pod and also their extra Pod Pod Plus uh uh, bonus podcast they do each week but they also get around the main podcast if you're not listening to that as well but uh, yeah that's is it is it any good Hef? it's really good um, especially the statesman just yeah the guy is a uh, what do they say fountain of knowledge is that, is that a thing Font. pond of knowledge what? font of knowledge font of knowledge is that what it is they said pond I wasn't really sure <laughs> could be <laughs> yeah yeah maybe something like that uh, but yeah no he's quite good and um, yeah he's a bit of a guru knows his way around the classic format knows his keeper leagues as well so probably should get him on the pod at some stage but uh, anyways, we'll talk to you next week and good luck with your fantasy teams. Hopefully I'll score more than 1,300 points next week. And uh, yeah. Catch you then. <laughs>